Hey, this is Jeff Rake, and I'm here with Matt Lau, and we're here to take you through the mysteries of episode 102. How and why did the plane blow up? Frankly, it's a series-long mystery as to, you know, why the plane exploded. And so we're far away from answering that question. But as we move forward in the episodes, we come to believe that there's a reason that our passengers were there to bear witness to it. And that is informing each of their personal journeys. I mean, there's a sense that the plane blowing up something destructive is what brings a bunch of people together, right? And, and bringing... Ben and Rad together in this episode is is a constructive thing. So the the, the detonation of the plane, while it's something that is uh, putting the past behind us, seems to be driving things forward things forward in a in a constructive way. From a metaphorical standpoint, that explosion triggered the investigative side of the equation that gives us a parallel investigation on top of the return of the plane itself, and also to Matt's point, triggers the community of passengers coming together because were it not for the plane exploding at the end of the pilot episode, we would not have brought our core group of passengers together all under suspicion at the top of 102. Besides the passengers that showed up to the airport, are there others that sensed that the plane would explode? Uh, are there others who knew that the plane was going to explode and didn't show up? Well, we know that there's one, Cal, because to remind us, at the end of the pilot episode, Cal's eyes pop open contemporaneously with that plane's explosion. And so it's implied that Cal is aware and didn't come along because he's probably because he's a 10-year-old kid at home in bed and didn't know better than to ask to be taken there. I believe that others out there knew about it and for other reasons didn't come. In terms of the explosion, what does Vance suspect happened? Within the episode, I believe, when there's a kind of a round table between Vance and other higher-ups in various government agencies, and Vance says the logical out loud, which is, we don't know what happened to that plane, but if anybody knows, I suspect it's somebody who showed up to watch it blow to bits. And therefore, the group of people who showed up at the plane are the likely suspects. Uh, was it arson? Was it some bomb that had been planted, a detonator that they have yet to find? He doesn't know. But he, he rightly suspects, as any investigator would, if there were a group of people who had out of the blue showed up to watch this explosion happen, something doesn't add up. And therefore, these are the people we should be looking at. Yeah. And, and in that roundtable scene, we play out uh, at a governmental level, I, I think a tension that we've talked a lot about in the room, which is, you know, when something like this happens, there's a portion of the government that wants to understand it. There's a portion of the government that wants to control it. And there's a portion of the government that outright fears it. Talk about the calling and how it manifests in different ways. We've always posited that the calling manifests in different ways for different individuals, and specifically in a way that speaks to that individual. So the idea set them free for Michaela in the pilot created a bond between her and her brother. So now here we are in episode two, and uh, Ben is drawn together to solve the mystery of the calling with, with Rad. Rad is a musician, and Rad explains to us when he's speaking with Ben that for him, music is his spirituality. For me, 
music is my higher calling. And so the idea of using music in this episode was akin to Michaela interpreting the calling through the idea of her mother speaking to her. So music speaks to Rad. It is his religion. It is his connection to a higher force. That the music brought him together with Ben was more, in my mind, about the connection between two fathers that allowed Ben to emotionally invest in a story about a little boy because he could relate to the plight of his own little boy. Rad talks about it as, you know, music is my higher power. But there's there's this idea that Ben is investigating, which is, are we labeling this as as a higher power because it's something that we don't understand? Is it is it how do we put labels on the things that we don't understand because we are we are st- restricted to the language that we speak, you know, and Rad speaks this music. So is the music speaking back to him? But again, how are we defining this experience that we're having? You know, Michaela's clearly identifying it as being God or a godlike influence. And and Ben is saying, this is something that we don't understand and we need to investigate this, you know, without the presuppositions that our language puts on us. Talk about Michaela's psych evaluation at work. Is she worried that the doctor is going to find out about the callings? I think, you know, the idea for Michaela in those therapy scenes is that she's trying to dodge a bullet because she believes that as long as she can hold it together and present psychic health, if she can kind of present normalcy, then she'll be given the freedom to do the one thing that she wants to do, which is to just kind of lose herself in her job, to kind of get away from the tumult of her personal life, to get away from the inexplicable voices and visions. She wants to get away from it all. And so she thinks, you know, if I can just kind of power through and put on a good face, then they'll let me get back to work. And once Michaela opened herself up to her vulnerability, the psychiatrist saw, okay, this woman is okay. She's showing me that she's okay through her fragility because no one who went through what she just went through uh, would be experiencing anything other than fragility. Elaborate on the believers and what will we learn about them throughout the rest of the season? The believers uh, we come to discover in later episodes when we give them name are people who have come to believe that the passengers represent some type of biblical event and that they are bestowing upon the passengers the, the, the idea that they are either angelic or that they are prophets, that they have brought back some type of either message from, from some higher force or have brought back abilities, powers that they can pass along to others. Is it a greater, wider sense about something biblical or prophetic happening in the world? I can tell you that this community of believers will expand. We will see more of them in episode three. We see more of them in episode four. They will uh, continue to populate. So to me, it's an evolving language through whatever prism you view the world that I think plays across different groups. The re- religious groups are one, but scientific groups and and the way lay people react and just this idea. I mean, it, it's the show is about how the stones react to a redefinition of their world, but you know, it has real world consequences. It's not a theoretical thing. Cal is seen drawing a shadow figure. 
Is that Danny or someone else that the fans should worry about? Cal draws the shadow, Ben observes the shadow, and then we immediately see Kelly, the passenger, out in a parking lot leaving uh, a news interview, and she is being pursued by some looming shadow. And uh, the episode doesn't end well for Kelly. A shadow makes an appearance one more time before Kelly meets her unhappy fate. So for me, the shadow represents a looming threat and the audience is invited to, to decide whether that was one specific threat or just the idea of a looming threat in general. Danny, he is a looming presence in the lives of the Stone family. Elaborate on that. I'm not gonna deny that Danny could have any number of motives to want to be in Grace's and Olive's life on a continuing basis. Danny's not a bad guy, in my opinion. Uh, he is looking to protect the people that he has grown to love. And to ask the question, is he driven by emotion or by other factors, I think it's complicated. Is Danny up to anything nefarious? That's not part of this chapter of the story. Right. I mean, it's one of those, it's a unique opportunity for Danny, through his perspective, to you know, want to protect the things that he loves, and yet through our perspective or the audience's perspective, be an adversary in these stories. He's a complicating factor to Ben, who Ben's done nothing wrong. So the two of them are on a collision course, not due to either of their malfeasance or, or even bad intentions, but they have two views that cannot be reconciled without, you know, some serious hand-wringing and, and potentially, you know, other conflict. Talk about Kelly's murder. Why was she killed? Where was her body taken? Yeah, for, the, for anyone listening to this who has not yet seen episode three, we will answer the mystery of Kelly by the end of that episode. Whereas Kelly's body is more of an ongoing mystery. And I think those who stick around with the show and uh, watch episodes six through nine will come to infer, even if we don't answer definitively, where Kelly's body rests. Hope you enjoyed episode 102 and the mystery of Kelly. We're going to answer that in a way that I don't think anybody will expect in that next episode, so stick around. And uh, thanks for listening. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Manifest, the official podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and please be sure to follow Manifest on socials at NBC Manifest on all platforms. <laughs>